never no more will i play the wild rover no never no more welcome to episode 11 of the ginger bets be good golf betting podcast and boy am i excited to bring you this week's preview this week we're going to be covering the 148th open championship that's taking place in northern ireland at royal port rush and if any of you've been lucky enough to see some of the pictures and some of the previews from the players floating around social media boy we are in for a treat the course looks absolutely magnificent the setting looks magnificent the weather looks like it's gonna be a mix of sun some blustery conditions in the afternoons and some rain due in the mornings which will encompass all the weather that the UK has to offer. I'm sure it's going to be a fascinating week and I cannot wait to bring you this preview show. In this week's um, episode we're going to be covering off the the course itself, the types of skill sets of players that, uh, that are going to be required to, to win the Claret Jug come Sunday evening. I'm going to give you some thoughts on DraftKings for players that look to that enter that uh, sphere and play in that environment. And just before we get into that, I'm going to also have a quick recap of last week's performance, which was our first week since publicly uh, displaying the bets that we are, the picks that we're going to be betting ourselves at Ginger Bets. It's the first week that we've gone without a place. And to be honest, it was very frustrating. So before we get into this week's 148th Open Championship preview, let me just have a quick recap of what happened last weekend. So going into day four, we had four players who genuinely had a chance of winning the the tournament. We had Daniel Berger at uh, 33 to 1, we had Lucas Glover at 33 to 1, we had Kyle Stanley at 50 to 1. And we had Roger Sloan at 125 to 1. Going into day four, all these players were sat in the top 15 of the leaderboard. And we managed to avoid all of the eight place payouts that Paddy Power had to offer this week. All the eight place payouts that Bet365 had to offer this week. All the eight place payouts that Bet First Sportsbook had to offer that week. It was just an absolute catastrophe on day four, and it was not pleasant viewing. Um, if we could have just got one of the players into the place positions, we'd have returned a profit on the week. Going into day four, I was very hopeful of perhaps a win. And as, as day four came to a close, to not get any players in the, um, in the places was just so frustrating. And... It was quite inevitable, really. Uh, some good friends of mine who uh, who enjoy the golf and the betting of it, I think they cursed me on social media when they started texting me and telling me how wonderful a start it was on day one and day two. So, Waters, if you're out there and listening, you're a nightmare. Keep your social media thoughts to yourself. You cursed the whole the whole world who had uh, backed Roger Sloan, you put a curse on him. His putting dis- went to pots on day three, and on day four, he completely forgot to turn up. So 
Waters, if you're listening, no more social media tweets after day two. It's like calling a horse home at the one furlong pole. It's just a nightmare. We know what's going to happen. You're going to get chinned. You're going to get done. And guess what? We got done on the places out of a 33 to 1 place, out of a 12 to 1 place, out of another 12 to 1 place. So here at Gingerbleps, we're taking absolutely no blame for last week's performance. And we're blaming my good friend, Stephen Waters. So Stephen, if you're listening, no more. Thank you. So before I uh, before I kick on to this week, uh, I just want to encourage you all, if you do find the podcast interesting and thought-provoking, then please do follow on social media, on Instagram at gingerbets, at Twitter at gingerbets. We can also be found on LinkedIn under the gingerbets uh, search tab and also on YouTube. So, yeah, if you are enjoying these podcasts, then please do share, like, and subscribe to Gingerbets on social media. I'll be most grateful and uh, it will enable me to continue to bring you this content free of charge and uh, for the foreseeable future. So, that's it on the Gingerbets uh, promotion. Let's get stuck into this 148 Open Championship preview, and I, for one, just cannot wait. The 148th Open Championship from Royal Port Rush. This is going to be a cracker of a tournament, and boy, am I excited to uh, to bring you this preview. Uh, so, what we're going to cover off this week? Well, we're going to cover off the course. We're going to cover off the weather. We're going to cover off the key trends that have been important in winning the championship. As I've said. Um, and we're finally going to give you some picks and some reasons as to why uh, along the way. So let's just give you a quick overview of Royal Port Rush itself as a golf course. It is a par 71, circa 7,300 yards from the tee boxes that the professionals will use from Thursday onwards this week. And in terms of the test itself, it will not be like the Scottish Open and the Irish Open where we've had winning scores of minus 22, so 22 under par and 16 under par. They will not see that this week at the Open Championship in Royal Port Rush. Why will we not see it? Well, we won't see it because they won't want to, that to happen. The course will not be set up in the same way that those two courses have been set up. Um, and if the weather has anything to do with uh, do with it, they've had perfect weather in Ireland, perfect weather in Scotland. We might get perfect weather here in Royal Port Rush, but if the elements change and the wind gets up or the rain comes, then the score will not be at 16 under par and 22 under par. So the test itself is a par 71, 7,300 yards and it will be a tough challenge. And we know that British Opens in the past, or Open Championships, should I say, in the past, have required a certain skill set, and that is past performance in the Open Championship. So we're gonna be covering that off and who's got that form. Um, it requires a really good and solid scrambling game. So we're gonna be covering that off and what is important and who's performing at the moment in the scrambling game. 
We also require a really strong ball striker. You can't fake it around these links courses. Your iron play has to be awesome. Your driving has to be good because you need to be in play. And that's the next important stat. It's driving accuracy, not length, that's going to be key this week. Players that are in control of their golf ball are going to have a better chance of winning the Open Championship at Royal Port Rush. And why is that? Because statistically, when we look back, Historically, at this event, it's been a key attribute. It's been a real key attribute, far more important than driving length has been, which is not usually the case in golf at this level, whether it be on the PGA Tour or the European Tour. So that's something that's really important to bear in mind when we're coming to our selections this week. We can consider players that historically we can't consider on in major championships. For, for example, Beth Page recently, it was an absolute brute of a course. Length was a key factor. Augusta every year, length is a key factor. The Open Championship this year at Royal Port Rush, length will not be a key factor and ball control will be. Accuracy off the tee has proven that it's a good asset to have. And also, scrambling game. Scrambling is going to be really important this week. The players that perform best around the greens when they get themselves in trouble and get up and down are going to end up at the top of the leaderboard. So we want players that can do that for us this week on side. And we've looked through all of that and we're going to bring it to you in this episode. Okay? So... In addition to that, we're going to also bring you the ultimately the picks. So that's going to be right at the very end. One of the key things that, are, that may, may be important, and you've got to look at it closer to the time, and I've already got an eye on it, and this is Monday when we're recording this, and this is the level of detail that you have to go into if you're building your DraftKings lineups and you probably want to take down one of the big pots, or you're serious about your sports betting. You don't want to be uh, overlooking things that you might take for granted, such as the weather. So what does the weather have in store for us this week, okay? The weather has in store for us Thursday morning, and this is, this is only Monday, so we're a long way out, but looking right now, the breeze is at the highest on Thursday in the morning and calmed down considerably to a light, from a gentle breeze to a light breeze come the afternoon. And on the Friday, in the morning, the breeze starts off at four with a gentle breeze, and it builds towards five and six miles an hour and seven in the afternoon with also rain due Friday afternoon. Why is this important? This is important because the players that at the moment have got the PM AM. So that's the PM on the Thursday, not the Tuesday, on the Thursday. The players have got the PM off times and then the AM on the Friday. At this stage are looking like they've got a considerable advantage over the, the other half of the draw. Now, that might change as, we, as, as the week commences. So what I'm encouraging you to do is take a closer look. Because when you're considering your final picks, if you don't follow our selections here and you want to look at your own, um, do your own research, then one of the things that you need to consider close to the time, especially in an open championship, is the weather and the draw. And at the moment, it's looking like they could be a biased. So that's something that I've considered when I'm looking at my selections and I'm going to keep a closer eye on when I fire, you know, the final bullets and maybe top up on some real, you know, some of the hotter fancies towards the off. Um, so, 
you know please you know please do consider such things and that's the that's the things that will help you uh, get the winning picks so we've done that for you and we've considered all this stuff in our selections so stay tuned and now i'm going to start to bring you the selections that have made the cut for uh, the 148th Open Championship that is from Royal Port Rush. So before we bring you the picks for this week, um, I'm just going to have a quick recap of the type of player that I'm looking for this week and some of the reasons why. So I want somebody that's got a good performance at the Open Championship at some point in the career doesn't have to be spectacular, but I'm looking for either a couple of top 20s or an individual high performance, a top 5, top 6, uh, if, if in not a couple of top 20s included as well. I'm not so hung up on having to play the Scottish Open or the Irish Open, and I'll tell you as to why. There are so many world-class players that have decided that they don't need to play in this warm-up events. Now, and some of these players are some of the best players in the world. So I'm just going to name you a few. Dustin Johnson, yeah, one of the best players in the world. Brooks Kepka, one of the best players in the world. Tiger Woods, one of the best players that's ever held a golf club. Yeah? So what I'm trying to say is if some of the best players, Justin Rose, Olympic champion, major champion, if some of the best players have decided not to participate and now in the last four years we've seen the fact that Jordan Spieth and Zach Johnson have come straight over from the United States to win the championship, that need to have played in one of the warm-up events, especially with the scoring at minus 22 and minus 16, so that's 16 under par and 22 under par, that have been winning the championships, then I don't believe that that's as, as important as historically it might have been when looking at the potential this week and the future performance of some of these players. I do think Open Championship form is, though. And then in addition to those things, I th we want players that have historically got good scrambling statistics, that they've stood up to the test of time, that they're not streaky in that area, uh, and I want to see that they've constantly gained strokes against the field because if the conditions pick up, this is going to be an important uh, statistic. Overall ball striking, any good major championship is going to require it. So we want players that have shown us that and we want them to have shown it us on difficult scoring conditions. So in, in past performance to par, we want them to see in windy conditions where... Uh, and moderate to breezy conditions where we're likely to get that off the coast even if it's a quiet day we're expecting six seven mile an hour winds and that's important to to factor in so uh, and we want a player that's got good driving accuracy as it's a good stat to have on side in open championships that statistic has held of it um, of a huge importance the average uh, uh, performance of the winner has uh, has ranked highly in this category, so it's important that we consider that when looking at the future performance of players and looking to make our picks this week. So, let's get in to pick number one. 
a bit left field for an open championship. Um, but I'm going to give you some reasons as to why. The first pick is a player that in his last 10 rounds has gained strokes T to green. In nine of his last 10 rounds, he's gained strokes on approach. He has played and played well in the Scottish Open, finishing on 18 or 17 under par, about five shots away from the lead, tied in the top 10. He's getting back to full fitness. His strokes gain performance around the green, so thinking of his scrambling, thinking of his um you know, his his sand play. He's gaining point four of a stroke per round. His approach play gains a half a stroke or more per round. Overall ball striking a shot per round. And T to green one and a half strokes per round. And he's a major champion. So the first selection is Justin. Thomas. The second selection will be another major champion. There's going to be a bit of a theme here. I fancy a few major champions this week. I see a repeat major champion winning. I think it's going to be a test of all-round class skill. The course looks phenomenal and my player for pick two is definitely one that has this skill set. He meets the criteria. Let me tell you a little about him. He is an Open Championship winner. He has six top 20s, a second place, two third places, and he's arguably the best iron player on the planet. The second pick will be, yes, it will be Henrik Stenson. The second play will be Henrik Stenson. I'm just going to tell you a little why. You've heard there in the intro, look, his open form and history at this event is second to none. He's coming off the back of a decent week in the Scottish Open. His game's all right. It's on song. His iron play looked good. His putting's always a bit streaky. If he puts well on any given week, he's going to be right up there. If the wind blows, it'll suit him. The tougher the test, it will suit him. He is a major champ. He is ice cool. He is the Swede. He's gaining one and a half strokes on average per round to the field total. One and a half strokes tee to green. He's the second best ball striker, gaining nearly one and three quarter strokes per round to the field. This is over the last season. His short game isn't the strongest, but when your iron play is that good, your short game isn't required too much, as we saw when he lifted the trophy, where he put on an, axe, an absolute masterclass of ball striking. One of the best things you'll ever see in golf, him and Phil Nicholson going at it. It was ridiculous. If you ever get the chance, go onto YouTube, watch the highlights of that round. That is what major champions do, and that's what they have to do down the stretch on the back nine. And my first pick definitely had it. JT has all the arrogance, all the skills, everything that's requ required, excuse me. And so does Henrik Stenson. He is the best approach player in the game over the last season. 
if he performs well with his irons, if he puts half decently, he's going to be there and thereabouts. And on Sunday, the fact that he's a champion, the champion golfer already, he has a chance to become the two-time champion golfer. So pick number two, Henrik Stenson. What do you do when you've given one major champion, another major champion, won a multiple major champion. Do you know what you do? You give another major champion. So pick three is another major champion. He doesn't have the same pedigree as Henrik Stenson in terms of past open performance. He has one tied fourth. Um, but what he hasn't done is he's never missed a cut in the Open Championship. And the reason for that is he's probably the best short game, scrambler, bunker player uh, on the planet. Now, statistically, he may not look like that because statistics are, don't measure the condition in which the shot is played under. So that is something that maybe gets missed. But if you had one player to get up and down for you, to hold the putt, and to scramble from somewhere for you, he would be probably in everyone's top five picks. I'll give you a clue, it'll never be Ricky Fowler. On this podcast, it will probably never be Ricky Fowler. So just while we're on that subject now, let me tell you why it won't be Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler, despite gaining a stroke per round tee to green, despite gaining three quarters of a stroke with his ball striking, nearly a full stroke with his short game, should I say, half a stroke per round with his approach play, and around the green, he's in the top 10 players over the last 50 rounds on the PGA Tour. Yeah? But it will never be Ricky Fowler on this podcast. It will never be Ricky Fowler. He has played about 300 PGA Tour events He's priced up at 18 to 25 to 1, week in, week out. He's won five or six PGA Tour events. Brooks Kepka has nearly won as many majors, yeah, as many majors as Ricky Fowler has PGA Tour victories. So that's why Ricky Fowler won't be considered for major championships on this podcast. But this player, the one I'm talking about, is a major championship. He is gaining strokes around the game. His short game is the best in world golf. He's never missed a cut at the Open. Pick three, the man from down under, Jason Day. There could have been so many others that were close to be in this third pick at this type of price band. His compatriot, Adam Scott, was so close. He's got such pedigree in the Open Championship, but I feel that he could be scarred from what's happened. He's a constant nearly man, and I think Jason Day, if he gets a sniff, and he has the attributes, and he has the skill set that is required to um, you know, to put himself in position to win this championship, I feel he has a better chance than somebody like Adam Scott, Ricky Fowler, 
or another that definitely come under close consideration and was probably the hardest to leave out, Hideki Matsuyama, who is an awesome player and has got some really good open championship form and his ball stri striking is incredible and his short game has improved dramatically in terms of his chipping and around the green. In fact, he's one of the best performers on the PGA Tour now in that category. However, he's not... He's just yet not consistent enough for me to have any confidence that come Sunday, if he was in a major championship, he wouldn't find a way of missing a two-footer maybe twice. Like, despite hitting every green in regulation in the round. So, and he just worries me. And the, when it comes to it, the TV coverage on Sunday, the whole world, the media, they go nuts. He'd be the first major champion from Asia. He's the hero, he'd be worshipped. It can't help but enter into the young man's mind. It's like history on another level, on the biggest championship of the year. You know, despite what people say, this is the one. I think the pressure gets to him. I think it's too much, and that's why he wasn't my pick in this price band. So, pick three, Jason Day. So, to recap the top three picks so far, we have Justin Thomas, major champion. Will he lift the trophy Sunday? Henrik Iceman Stenson, major champion. Will he lift the trophy again Sunday? Jason Day, major champion. Willie lift the trophy Sunday. So they're my picks at the top of the leaderboard, or should I say the top of the leaderboard, the top of the um, market, sort of the 40 to one and under, 50 to one and under price band. I've taken three players instead of maybe one or two at the very top of the market. I wouldn't put anyone off those at the top of the market, DJ, Rory, uh, Brooks, like they've all got, obviously got a great chance and, prob and statistically probably got a better chance than you know the players that um, th that I've chosen as picks, but it's not all about the statistics. It's not all about uh, how the models come out. There is a bit of feel to it, and um, that is where I've landed at the top of the leaderboard. So now I'm going to take you into the um, the the latter half of the. Uh, market should I say from the 50 to 1 and above range and maybe the odd 100, and, and 100 to 1 and above uh, selection so I'm going to bring that to you now also so we're into the section that everybody is interested in and this is the big price section so in this section I'm going to be looking at players that are 80 to a 1 and above so according to the market, they have a very little chance, in most cases less than a 1% chance. So we are trying to find a needle in a haystack, but we have four bookmakers on the high street. Go and have a look for yourself. They're going 10 places each way, um, which offers you fantastic each way terms, it must be said. Um, I think that two of them are high street bookmakers, but have a look on one of the leading odds comparison sites and you will find that information. Uh, so this is, like I say, the big price section, big price winners hopefully coming your way, I say with my fingers crossed. But pick four, like the other three, you've guessed it, He's going to be a major championship winner. 
he already holds a green jacket. Yeah, he already has a green jacket on his back. So that tells me that he can perform at the highest level. He's an interesting character. I think he's hated by most of the public. I think he's really disliked by his fellow players. Um, and I think he's somewhat loved by fans in England, Ireland and Wales, perhaps. Um, because of his character and all the traits that upset the, uh, the the people back home he's got okay past performance in the um, in the open championship he's got uh, two top 20s a tied 20th a tied 12th at st andrews and royal troon uh, i think he finished in the top 30 last year at carnoustie uh, after an opening round of 75 which you know more or less shot himself out of the tournament he then came back with rounds of 70 60 60 68 and 71 so he's got decent uh, past performance here he comes in cold but i feel he's got the type of game that will suit an open championship if it gets down to the nitty-gritty if the wind comes in if the conditions um, and scrambling becomes more of an important factor then this player gains strokes He's in the top 10 players overall on the PGA Tour in the last 50 rounds on hard golf courses that have been hard scoring or moderate scoring relative to par. So he's passed on difficult golf, difficult golf courses. I'll get that out for you. On difficult golf courses, he has got good pass performance. He's comfortable with his scrambling game. And I like that going into a major championship. So... Pick number four will be the much-loved Patrick Reed. He's available at 80 to 1. Patrick Reed will be pick number four. So pick number five, I'm going to move straight into him, and he's going to be the first non-major champion. There is one more major champion to come. But this is going to be the first non-major champion pick. He's a player that has threatened to win many a major. He He's loved, unlike Patrick Reed, this guy, you will never hear a bad word said about him. His, stroke, his short game is probably in the top 10 in the world. Um, statistically, he's gaining nearly a full stroke per round on his short game. Um half a stroke around the green he's in the top 10 players gaining half a stroke per round in putting if you look at the last 50 rounds of golf on difficult golf courses so that's proper tests of golf where scoring to par is average or difficult he has performed uh, with the best of them in the top 10 percentile so in the top 10 percent of the, all the players on tour he has ranked in that category so pick five, I'm just going to find you just one more snippet of information. I'm just having a little scramble on the computer as we speak. He's open championship form, which I hadn't quite got to hand. He has a tied third at Royal Lytham. In fact, I should remember it. I was there. Um, it was my home um, open. 
I grew up just around the corner. Um, I went with a good friend of mine. We've got signat signatures, autographs of all the top players. I remember going up to Henrik Stenson and calling him uh, Robert Carlson, asking Robert Carlson for his, for his autograph. But what, yes, so Henrik, Bloody hell, those were the days. So, Royal Lytham St. Anne's, he had a tied third. He finished, followed that up in 2013 at Muirfield with a tied 11th. He's since had a top 20 at Royal Troon. Oh, no, tied 22nd at Royal Troon. So, the fifth pick and the first that's not a major champion, but perhaps come Sunday night will be a major champion. He'd be one of the good guys to lift the claret jug. Everyone would be happy if this guy won the claret jug and was champion golfer of 2019. Pick five will be Brant Snedeker. The two final selections this week will come at a huge price. And the first will be 150 to one shot. This player was once talked about as a definite major champion, that was a given, okay? And this was on the back of really good performance in Europe. It then translated over to the PGA Tour. His stock rose, he played alongside Rory um, in the Ryder Cup. Rory got behind him lots publicly. A lot of players, Paul McGinley, um, publicly stated that they thought he would not only be a major champion, but potentially a future world number one. This player would have been 50 to 1 for the Masters in 2015 or 16. I can't recall. Maybe 66 to 1. He's now available at 150 to 1. He was, like I say, potentially world number one since then he has not been a top 100 golfer he has applied his trade mostly on the european tour and even there without being prolific but he has recently come back to form and what i have liked in the last 18 months about him as a player is that he has turned up week in, week out at these huge events, um, or sorry, not huge events, at these little events in, in Europe. And although he's not quite got over the line, he's performed with distinction. He's performed really, really well. He's stuck to the task. He's, um, he's not thrown the towel in when previously his attitude was questionable. And last week, he showed a real uh, improvement in form at the Scottish Open where he finished on 16, 17 under par. He was tied for tied for 17th, uh, or in the top 20, should I say. Um, he's, a pro he's got the skill set to win a major, no doubt. His ball striking is absolutely unbelievable. His length off the tee is amazing. And in his three Open Championships so far, so 2016, 2017 and 2018, he's got a tied 30th, a tied 40th and a tied 28th. So he's made all three cuts. He was a player with huge potential. The sixth, this is, that's a mouthful, the sixth selection will be the Mercurial Belgium, Thomas Peters available at 150 to 1 and that'll be half a point each way 
the final selection and the biggest price, the rank outsider of the lot of our uh, portfolio this week, but not without hope. You might ask why. He's available at 300 to 1. Well, first off, you've guessed it, he's a major champion. There's a theme this week, I like major champions, and I like them because they have performed at the highest level. They have felt all the things that are necessary and what it takes to win and lift the claret jug potentially. They have had those feelings before and dealt with them and performed. And I think that 300 to 1 about a player who, in windy conditions, has performed well in the past, on tough golf courses, has performed well in the past. Um, he has a tied twenty, well, two tied twentieths uh, in the um, Open Championship at Royal Liverpool two thousand and fourteen at St Andrews in two thousand and fifteen. He then missed the cut in sixteen at Royal Troon and had a top fifty at Royal Birkdale. He is, as I've said, a major champion. So the final selection will be paying out a whopping 66 to 1 or greater on a top 10 place with some of the bookmakers will be Jimmy Walker. Jimmy Walker will round off the portfolio this week. So I'm just going to recap this week's selections. At the top of the pack and in the top price band, the 50 to 1 and below bracket, we've gone for three picks. Rather than two of the headline acts, we've gone for three against the field. And up first is Justin Thomas at 40 to 1. Up second, we had Henrik Sensen at 33 to 1. Another major champion followed him in Jason Day, available at 40 to 1. And we have two points each way on all three of those players. Then followed that up with our outsiders, which was Patrick Reed at 80 to 1, Brant Snedeker at 125 to 1, Thomas Peters, available at 150 to 1, and finally, as we've just been through, Jimmy Walker. Available at 300 to 1 each way with 10 places on offer at four of the sports books. So please do check the comparison sites. So that's it for this week. That's everything um, that we're going to bring you in terms of outright selections for the 148th Open Championship, which will take place at Royal Tree. True at Royal Troon at Royal Port Rush. My apologies, I'm not going to edit that out. So, what will we be bringing you later in the week? I'm going to bring you some three ball previews on Wednesday. The draw is just come out uh, in terms of tea times, and like I already stated, I can see an early bias in the weather. If that holds up throughout the week, I think that's something that you have to pay play close attention to when considering your selections and in making in my initial thoughts there are some players who had that am early slot tea time such as Hideki Matsuyama and maybe Adam Scott if I remember correctly but without looking that didn't make the cut because those little details just didn't quite fit now that might change as we go into the week um hope it doesn't change too much but yeah, um, I will be bringing you a three-ball preview on Wednesday. 
If you've liked the podcast, please subscribe. Please uh, share it on social media. Uh, like I say, we're not buying followers or doing any fake promotions about um, you know what profits we've made. Yet yeah, we're in profit so far. If you followed all the tips blindly, it's there for everyone to see. We've had place payouts at 66 to 1 on three or four occasions. We've had other place payouts at 33 to 1. And that's only four weeks into um, publicizing all of the selections. So if you have enjoyed the podcast, then please do like, subscribe and share with friends on social media channels. I will be most grateful. Um, if you get chance to on iTunes and you've got uh, an account with them, then please do on Apple uh, podcast leave a review the reviews will help get us more visibility on the uh, social media platforms and that will enable me to continue to bring these to you free of charge and in more and greater detail um thank you for listening um like i said i'll be back wednesday with the three ball st- uh, tip so be sure to be tuned in for that. And in addition, on Saturday morning at the halfway stage, I will be bringing you two ball tips for the weekend and potentially, if we need them, which I don't think we will, I don't think we will at all, I think we'll have a couple of players in contention, we might be adding to our outright portfolio. But that is unlikely. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening this week. I've enjoyed bringing you this podcast. I've been looking forward to this event all week. Uh, in fact, for about three or four weeks now, uh, I've got some early positions on it myself. I've brought you the latest selections that um, we are placing here at Ginger Bets. I'm going to record for you. So stay tuned and look forward to speaking to you later in the week. Bye for now.